Welcome to Buildcasters Gaiden, the freewheeling anime podcast that's more than a side story. I'm the Macabre Chap, and I'm joined by... The one and only Sentai 5. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us again. It's Sunglass Free. I'm really happy to be back again. And you're going to continue to be back for the entirety of the run of SSS Gridman. So, yeah. I was about to say, as long as you guys give me an excuse to gush about giant Superiah superheroes, I will be back. <laughs> Absolutely. So, on today's episode of Buildcaster's Gaiden, we're going to discuss episodes five and six of SSSS Gridman. And also the trailer to the new Pokemon live action. Yes, that's live action movie. Detective Pikachu. So, um, first of all, guys, Detective Pikachu, have you seen the trailer? What did you think? Yes. Were you as creeped out as most of the internet seemed to be? Pre? Um, I to be perfectly honest, I completely forgot this was a thing until the trailer dropped, and I was like, "Is this a fan made parody?" And then I realized halfway through, no, this is an actual thing that they are still producing, and. Once that surprise wore off, the other surprise that set in was it actually looks really funny. Like it looks genuinely interesting and I actually want to go see it. And I think I'm the only person on the planet that actually likes how Jigglypuff looks. <laughs> I think it looks super cute and I want a plushie of that uh, Jigglypuff. <laughs> like, like a Furby. Yeah. <laughs> Five? I saw, yeah. Um, I completely forgot it was going to be a thing as well. I remember like a few years ago, I think two years ago when it was announced, yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't even think of anything of it. I was like, first of all, I'm not even a huge Pokemon fan. I used to be as a kid, but Ooh. I grew out of it. Yeah. And then now I'm really not the biggest Pokemon fan at all. Yeah. But the trailer got really got me hooked. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I saw somebody the- um, talk about it online where they said it's kind of amazing how well that they've sort of captured this demographic because the main character they state he used to want to be a pokemon trainer when he was younger and he's like yeah i had to grow out of that and join the real world and stuff (laughs) like that that's what most of us went through we were super obsessed with pokemon when we were kids and then had to grow out of it (laughs) i never did i still played the games a lot (laughs) i i lost interest around um advanced generation around that time that's when i really lost interest really that's that's when i picked it up <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I lost interest, but yeah. that's what happened, really. But big, yeah. After seeing this trailer, I was like, "Damn, this is awesome! I can't wait!" And the Pokemon designs aren't that aren't really uh, that scary. I, I kind of like them. Um, I've seen I've seen a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Like I forgot that this was even gonna be a thing. To be honest, I saw the trailer and I actually like the first thing I said was, "This actually kind of slaps." Like the trailer does honestly <laughs> slap. Like it big slaps. That's yeah. exactly what you said in the group chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. yeah. Ryan Reynolds yeah, as Pikachu. Big slap. Like, actually, I think it's a I think good, he's great. I think it's a great uh, fit. I feel like they could have picked someone else, but... They could have done I might that. like him. Yeah. I really like his comedic timing. Like, really, really like his comedic timing. And I think the voice, like, I can actually now see him as Pikachu. It's yeah. it's so hard for me to hear him as Pikachu. <laughs> nah, I, I think I think it fits well. Like people are even calling the trailer like incredibly cursed. Really? Nah, yeah, 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 yeah. What? Nah, it's fun. It's not bad. 
No, I, I think the I think the movie looks really good, and I'm hap- I will happily throw my money at Nintendo and Legendary Pictures. I think it's legend. It is Legendary Pictures, right? It is right? Legendary, yeah. Of course, it is. I, I hope we see a, li- a live action Ash Ketchum. If Detective Pikachu actually um turns out to slap, I think um that like it increases my confidence that the Gundam movie will actually be kind of good. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, I I think sort of addressing the issue with the Pokemon designs. I think the biggest problem with it is they tried this weird compromise where they have the exact same body shape and proportions as the original designs. Mm. Mm -hmm. But instead of going cartoony with the textures, like having the smooth sort of round textures for it, they decided to make the textures realistic. And that's why it looks really, really weird. If they kept it like a hundred percent cartoon proportions and style in terms of what the surfaces look like, I think it would have looked a lot better, but yeah, they tried to go halfway and it makes it look worse. I mean, I kind right. of actually like, how Pikachu looks. I'm not going to lie. Oh, no, I love Fluffy Pikachu. Good. I liked yeah. Greninja as well. If you see Grenin- Greninja's in the trailer as well, and I liked how Greninja looked, Charizard was a bit weird, weird and Jigglypuff was like, kind of like, mm, I don't know. But I liked I how like Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime was so jokes. <laughs> <laughs> the Charizard render is the only one that I think looks actually bad. The other ones are are pretty good even mr mime i like mr mime (laughs) and mr mime is sassy and we like a sassy mr mime don't we i wonder if we're gonna see ash's mom because mr mime yeah we might see (laughs) delia ketchum we might do we might do the main character is not called ash is he the main human character no no, i forgot i don't even remember if they said his name i don't yeah i don't remember if they said his name either but like i i played the first part of detective pikachu just to try it when the demo came out oh, spoiler okay. alert the game's not that good because it's made for literal five-year-old kids yeah. oh shit it's an actual game oh yeah no, it's an actual <laughs> game and, and i wanted to try it because it looked fun it looks sort of like this sort of phoenix right uh point and click investigation type yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's but cool. like i said it's made for literal five-year-old kids so i played the demo and it's not anything remarkable but it's the same plot in the game where you've got this kid who comes to a city and he's trying to track down his dad who mysteriously disappeared. And when he searches his dad's apartment, he doesn't find anything, but he finds this one random Pikachu and a detective hat who somehow they can talk to each other. And the Pikachu <laughs> used to be his dad's partner. Uh, so now he has to team up with the Pikachu alert. and figure out what happened to his dad. Nice. Nice. Um, detective Pikachu, the game, is it a 3DS game or is it yes, on the Switch? It's a 3DS game. Oh, okay. And it, did it get good reviews or not really? I, I guess I didn't check the reviews. Like I said, I just played the demo. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, after discussing that, we're going to move on to episodes five and six of SSSS Gridman or 4S Gridman, as I usually like to see when I'm more tired. So um, Fives, do you want to start us off with episode five? The incredible, incredible, unnecessary fan service fest that was episode five. Okay. Um, yeah. So the first half was really uncomfortable because we see Akane in... A bikini and she's like 12 years old 14 i think but that doesn't They're make it any better probably yeah 14, 15 but still that's a that's a semantic Same issue <laughs> yeah i'm still like there. <laughs> i'm just like oh god can we get to like the good parts please i can't really watch this right now <laughs> yeah that's what half the, that's, that's literally what half the episode was pretty much yeah yeah and then like she's like literally sticking them out i'm like come on man Another kaiju attacks the uh, the trip. Mm-hmm. 
and uh what's the shit i forgot the name of it already man uh i don't remember it's the drill tank one <laughs> yeah that's all that's all i know it's the drill it, tank it's one board the characters b-o-r-r b-o-r-r yeah which is a um, reference to um superhuman samurai cyber squad so yeah he uses the drill uh program to kill the monster and of course the entire class ship doesn't remember what happened after that because we, when we get to the next episode we'll f- you're gonna find out why nobody remembers ever so yeah pre what did you think of episode five um i was i was i i accidentally cut into what i was saying but we were talking before we started recording the episode and i mentioned yeah. like i i teach high school freshmen and you know showing high school kids in a bikini and swimsuits is not necessarily a bad thing like i don't want cops knocking on your door just for doing a scene where they're going kayaking or whitewater rafting in the mountains that's not the problem yeah, yeah, the problem yeah, yeah, yeah. is that when, the reason why we say we are creeped out by this part is because the camera spends an unhealthy amount of time yeah. lingering yeah. <laughs> over Akane's bikini in very, very compromising position. Yep. And it's extremely creepy. There's one part where they're actually on the white water raft and Akane falls out into the water and they pull her back. And there is like an actual blatant like panty shot as they're pulling uh-huh. her back into the raft. It's like, was this really necessary? Did we actually need to have this animated on the screen for this episode right yeah. and i'm not even exaggerating it happened happening for half the episode it literally happened for half the episode it, it was bad oh, but as God. you said the rest of the episode was really fun you had this whole sort of thing where because the monster appears outside of the town when they're all away from phones or technology of any kind, they have to figure out, well, crap, we need to get back to junk. Well, we can get a hold of them at the store, but we need to find a phone. So they find a pay phone and then they need to get change. And then they don't remember the number for the store and everything like that. And it's just a really fun sort of series of events to try and get you to, to combine with Gridman to fight the Kaiju. And that part was really fun. 110%. For me, the fan service in episode five, like there's, absolutely no excuse for it whatsoever i mean trigger kind of do have a track record for this with um series is like um darling in the franks and kill the kill obviously within kill the kill the nudity is kind of like relevant to the plot but um, no not nudity but the fan service but with regards to this it is completely un it's like it's completely unnecessary and not only is it unnecessary it's just uncomfortable like the way in which they are like sexualizing teenagers um, people who are not of age and it's just unacceptable to be perfectly honest um it reminds me because i was listening to an episode of another podcast called um warari desho um it's an anime podcast and they actually had an episode about like fat like they took a philosophical slant on whether fan service is necessary in works of art and they were kind of saying like um if it's relevant to the plot that can kind of like mitigate it somewhat but um if it's irrelevant to the like actual plot of the work of art or fiction then it's really kind of unacceptable and it's just objectifying um the character who is usually obviously nine times out of ten a woman so yeah it's just like really like it's problematic objectification of women usually so yeah um in terms of the rest of the episode it was good like i enjoyed it um funny enough um if you even relate it back to the fan service if you listen carefully there's a throwaway line in episode five that foreshadows um akane shinjo's place in the world in episode six which i actually picked up one of the um one of her classmates says she looks godly in her bikini and if you um have when we come on to episode six you'll see how that's like kind of like a um, tacit foreshadowing of her there's place a couple in the other world. things 
there's a couple other things from episode five that episode six picks up on. Yeah, that go on, pre. Interesting. Speaking of. Oh, you want me to just jump straight into it? Well, like you can, but just just talk about the foreshadowing, basically. Oh, well, the, the other foreshadowing is there There was a really funny punchline uh, where the um, Utsumi and Yuta are on the train to go out to where they're meeting for the rafting trip. And they both fall asleep on the train and wake up just in time to get off the train. And I'm sure everybody who's ridden public transportation before has done that, like accidentally fallen asleep when you're in a train car or on a bus by yourself and then either miss your stop or wake up like right before you need to get off. And then it happens to the support characters when they're bringing the junk computer over to Yuta and everybody so he can transform. Like they almost miss their stop because they fall asleep on the train too. <laughs> and it, they play it for laughs there. Yeah. But then that, the fact that people fall asleep on trains is actually a plot point. <laughs> yeah. Which will become relevant in episode in six. So yeah, basically towards the end of the episode, obviously, um, well, Utah obviously access flashes to access Gridman. The Neon Genesis Junior High students purchase junk, take it to the train station from Susuji Dai to wherever they are doing the whitewater rafting um, trip. I'm impressed they, you remember the the town. Yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, I they, don't remember, and I screen capped that picture like three times. <laughs> <laughs> they plug it in at the train station. Obviously, Utah access flashes bore obviously uses access code. Um, they combine into Buster Gridman, which is basically just like a massive Gridman equipped with massive drills. Garen Lagan, anybody. And then um, they use the Buster Grid Beam. So, because the two main drills on Gridman's shoulders actually conceal cannons. And um, yeah, they defeat the massive rock monster Kaiju and Anti, and that's it. Um, episode five was actually really fun, aside from the unnecessary fan service, which is typical trigger fashion. But other than that, like I really enjoyed episode five. So um, you guys want to move on to the awesomeness that is episode six? It's a massive plot dump, but it is Hell a really yeah. awesome plot I dump. I was surprised that we can even call it episode six awesome because usually if you have a mid-season episode, like the hinge point for the entire season, the very middle part of it, you would expect there to be some sort of big climactic fight to to change the direction of the second half of the show. And mm -hmm. there is no full-size Gridman fight in this episode. The only fight that there is um, between Auntie and the other support characters ends pretty inconclusively. Like, it, it's a draw. Both of them walk off and go their separate ways. But there's no full-size Gridman fight. It's literally yeah. all talking. Yeah. I was surprised that happened myself. I felt like I was watching an episode of uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans. <laughs> <laughs> Another gun never. Really good talking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Iron Blooded Orphans is like an episode of fighting, and then another episode of talking, and just goes back and forth. That's how it usually is. Yeah, pretty much. Iron Blooded Orphans <laughs> is actually pretty awesome, though. That was Mario yeah. Carter was the um, head writer on that. She done a really, really good job. But um, yeah, back to Gridman. Fives and pre. Yes. Um, I like the whole revelation on the train from that uh, Kaiju girl. That's pretty much the main thing, really. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's focused yeah. on. Yeah. And Auntie trying to kill Utah. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. One of my favorite <laughs> gags from this episode is um, Rika runs into Auntie again. Yes. Like back in episode three, <laughs> she finds him just hanging out in a park, not doing anything until um, Akane tells him to go fight Gridman. Yeah. And she finds him again, like rummaging around in the trash, trying to find something to eat. And so she takes him to a different park and they cut to a sign on the park that says, please do not feed stray cats. Yep. And she's giving him lunch. 
it's really funny. It is um really funny. Also, another thing I noticed about this episode is that kaiju seem to have a partic- a peculiar smell about them. Because um Rika noticed that anti smelled, and Yuta also said that the um kaiju that spoke to him, the friendly kaiju. Um, also had a smell about them as well. So I yeah. think it's more just that they're homeless bums that don't actually bathe themselves like a normal human. Oh, okay. right, I yeah. thought it was something unique about the kaiju, but it could be. Like, yeah. yeah, it could be both. You never know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I thought the train gag was just a punchline until it turned out to be a platform. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought that too. Because then they later on they showed um, what's his face, Max, tailing them in the other car. Yeah, he falls asleep. Too. <laughs> yeah, he fell asleep. Max seems to be the strong, silent, observant type. I love Max. Yeah, he's a he's a really good character, and he's also seems to be incredibly intelligent. Like he seems to be picking up on cues that nobody else seems to be picking up on. He's he's the cool big brother of the group. Yeah, I think pretty much. he and I think he and Samurai Caliber are like my favorite ones from uh, that group. I agree. From the Neon Genesis group. Yeah. So. I suppose we should actually start getting into the plot dump. At yeah, this yeah, point. we oh, should yes, get into the plot dump, of course. Now the whole world is uh, pretty much under Akane's influence, sort of. Yeah. We've been we've been Even speculating that the city is a simulation since, I think, the first episode when everything definitely. reset at the end. Yeah, that's what I said, too, also, in our first episode. I was right. like, you know what? They they definitely live in like some kind of simulation or computer. They this- pretty much live in SimCity. Yeah, it's literally what it is. But th- this episode, more specifically than being a simulation, so you you guys have seen the original Gridman, right? Yeah, I've seen the first okay. couple of episodes. That's about so it. So they, for episode, for, well, for all the episodes, they refer to the place where Gridman fights Kaiju as the computer world. Mm-hmm. But episode six of the original series, and coincidentally, this is episode six. Um, episode six of the original series introduces a couple of interesting ideas about the computer world that really aren't ever brought up again in the series. It's just sort of a weird one-off thing that they never revisit, and they specifically revisit it for this series, which I was really intrigued by. So the kaiju girl that talks with yuda and explains that akane is affecting this world and is the one creating kaiju and is using the kaiju to make people forget and rebuilding the city after each attack she is specifically a descendant from the kaiju in episode six um anosilius i think is how you, it's probably romanized uh, way, but that's how I, I didn't even pick up on that see this is what happens when yeah. i don't rewatch grid man and I was just going to say, this is why I need to finish Gridman at some point. Some point soon. Well, this isn't even the later episode. This is episode six. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Gridman for the first time like 12 years ago. Okay. Really? Wow. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you watched just it raw, a, didn't you? Get a free trial in Tokyo yeah. and watch it. Or I could just watch it on Kiss Asian because uh, it's on Kiss Asian. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pirate. So, yeah. oh, so. Okay. Um, but <laughs> anyways, so um, in that episode six, there's act- we learned that there's actual like inhabitants of the computer world apart from the kaiju that Akane create or not that Takeshi creates. And then again, uh, here with Akane creating kaiju because mm-hmm. the, the kaiju girl that's on the train says that she's been there longer than Akane has been making kaiju that she yeah. predates that yes. and that her predecessor owes a lot to Gridman. And then in the original series in this episode six, uh, Takeshi, who's the main antagonist for the original series, uh, wants to sort of like hack the idea of music and create this evil murder music like literally the subs translate it as murder music right to drive people nuts to physically harm them and to take over the computer world and so exposure to this like evil sound actually corrupts the 
normally peaceful kaiju, Anosilius, that lives in the computer world. And Gridman has to fight it. And then yeah. ends up tur- they turn it back to normal. And it's funny because the way that they turn it back to normal is the characters who are running junk outside, um, Ipe and Yuka, actually play like a really soulful acoustic piano version of the OP theme, <laughs> You May Know Hero. Yeah, and yeah, that's oh. what turns the monster back to normal. And, and guess they, what? They played that piano episode. music. Yeah, it's the same song they use in this episode. <laughs> so um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take like a slightly philosophical bent on this um, as me and Pre were um, discussing before we went on air. So in terms of like Akane's place in the world as God, um, in terms of this little world, Susuji Dai, Akane is not really like omnipotent in terms of this world. She's more of a demiurge um, as we were, as I was discussing with Pre previously. So she's more of like an uncaused cause, but she's not, she's more like she's not exactly imminent in the world she's the creator of the world um however she doesn't have ultimate power she's not omnipotent or omniscient or omnibenevolent uh, um, which are obviously qualities that have been prescribed to the um christian god the abrahamic god another way to think of it is that the world as it is the city that she has given rise to is dependent yep. on her yeah but the actual like material the actual method by which she made the city is not yeah, exactly. So there was, we know that there was something there before Akane came around. Exactly. And we, mm-hmm. and it's not her own power that she uses to actually determine the structure of the world because no. this episode makes it very clear that Alexis is using her. But at the same time, she's the one who determines the direction and the course of the world and basically has very detailed control over all of its constituent parts. Yep pretty much um so yeah um also what i was gonna say is this really just shows like how much of a not only like how much of a psychopath she is but like her inner god complex because like she's using her loneliness as an excuse to um create a world trap actual other human beings in it and not only kill them but like bend them to her whim which is completely and utterly insane oh yeah it it, we we get it (laughs) We get an interesting look at sort of her motivations and how she views the world in this episode because yeah. she talks specifically with Utsumi about the concept of kaiju. And this is why it's funny that Subarai is oh, producing yeah. it because they can just casually name drop Ultraman related stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it doesn't matter because it's Subarai. But she mentions that like kaiju are the actual real main characters and that it shouldn't be the case that heroes always have to win in defeat them yeah and sort of viewing the world through that sort of lens i think shows a lot about how she sees sort of that power dynamic and what the use of power is supposed to be because she empathizes more with the kaiju that are just there to cause destruction and stomp around and do whatever rather than the heroes that actually protect innocent people from them um, it also shows like a bit more about her personality and how she not only views the world, but views herself. Like maybe she um, can empathize with those kaiju because she sees herself as a kaiju. Like she sees herself as lonely and like she she feels that like, oh, the other people have shunned her maybe because people see her as a monster. Maybe she's come to view herself as a monster. And yeah. in that sense, um, she wants to behave like one in terms mm-hmm. of like creating kaiju, um, bending the world to her whim. Um, and destroying those who she deems unfit to live. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's pretty much it, sort of. She's projecting a lot onto how she sees the use of power into yeah. how she sees sort of those 
dynamics between heroes and monsters play out. Like she's assuming the worst of the heroes and the best of the kaiju. Um, mm-hmm. Because when we see that when she's given power herself, she immediately uses it for the worst ends. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so like just to um, sum up, like how do you guys view this episode? Um, I'm going to let fives go, then I'm going to take it and then pre, if that's all right. Okay. All right, on, sure. fives. I, I definitely think this episode is very, very important because first of all, it, um, it clears our suspicions about the world that they live in. It uh, pretty much sets it right there. And uh, pretty much what you said about Akane, how she pre- pretty much how she, how she probably views herself as a kaiju. And uh, she assumes the worst, pretty much. Also, I guess it just goes from what we've seen throughout uh, the first few episodes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I really like this episode, despite there not actually being any direct um, giant like Kyodai hero fight. Um, I felt like the episode was absolutely enthralling. I felt that the plot dump, as it were, was done really, really well. It gave us just enough detail to keep us wanting more without like completely revealing the author's hand. Oh, I also want to add this on. Wait, go on, go on, Fives. You add your thing quickly and then I'll come back in. Um, I, I want to know what uh, Gridman did pre- previously to help out the uh, the other kaiju. Ah, yes. I can tell you that. <laughs> Oh, from the original series. Yeah, that's that's that, just that's what they're referencing six. to. Yeah, that's oh, okay. what they're referring right. to from episode six. Okay, then never mind then. <laughs> um, where was I again? Um, so yeah, it was done in, in the plot dump was done in in, in a frolling way. It was really engaging. Um, it really showed that this show doesn't need to have like giant monster fights. That it's not just style over substance. The substance is just starting to peek through. Like it's a shame that it's taken it to get to episode six for the substance to um peek through but like i can tell that this is a really positive step and that the rest of the series is probably going to be like awesome as hell and um there's a lot more depth left like there's a lot more to reveal how they got amnesia well why Yuta's the only one that seems to have amnesia to be honest um what world do the human inhabitants of susuji die originate from and um how did akane come to creating this place in the first place what i also um found interesting was um, the final shot of the episode of alexis karev actually on the roof of akane's house that was quite interesting because it shows that he's like he was before yeah. he was confined to her computer, but now exactly. he's not. So what exactly is going on? Who is this being? Um, also, this episode was chock full of Ultraman references, like it no less referenced Bioplanet Wu, Andromelos, Ultraman Hikari or Hunter Knight Surugi. Um, from Mebius. He, yeah, from Mebius. And um, as pre informed me, Ultraman Zero in his Zero Tech armor, which is pretty freaking sweet. So yeah, Pri, um, where where do you stand um, on this episode? Yeah, pretty much what you guys have all said. Actually, talking with you guys, I just realized something because one of the recurring jokes in this first half is them saying like, oh, surely it must be aliens behind everything because that's what always happens in these shows. But we got a really heavy emphasis that Utah is definitely a human being. But at the same time, now we know that the computer world around them is a simulation that is being controlled. Mm. There's the question like what you brought up, Ash, of where do the other characters originate from? Are they actually humans too? Or are they just programs or simulations of people in this computer world? So I think the major twist is going to be the idea that Yuta is the only one, or maybe Akane too, but those two are going to be the only ones that are actually, quote, aliens because they come from outside the computer world. 
I sincerely, I sincerely hope not because like I've kind of been shipping um, Yuta with Rika and if they like sync my the ship. The show's shipping Yuta with Rika. Yeah, I mean the show's <laughs> shipping, yeah, but I'm shipping them as well. And if they sync yeah. that ship with Rika being merely um, a computer program, computer data, I'm going to be incredibly annoyed. I, I think it's going to be more the case that the characters that we interact with in the course of these events are replications of real people. So uh, like they're going to go back to the real world and Yuta's going to see Rika and she's going to have no clue what happened. That's, that seems exactly damn. like something Hasegawa would do. Big yikes. <laughs> That'd Big be so yikes. depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, all in all, guys, just like a couple words just to sum up what you thought of these past two episodes. And then I'm going to go on to something about Funimation and their simuldub schedule. Oh, yes. I saw the uh, the tweets yeah. on the account. <laughs> um, past two episodes have been pretty good. Uh, I don't think there's anything more to really say from what we already discussed. I just hope the, the second half of the show is uh, really going to be batshit crazy. I love that. Go on, Pri. Um, it, it's interesting because, like I said, even though there's not really a big center point, like big spectacle uh, like I said, centerpiece for this episode, it still really feels like the tone in the direction of the series has shifted dramatically at the end of this episode compared mm. to where we were going into it. Uh, there's a lot of questions that I think they're going to be emphasizing more than previously, which was just basically like, well, oh, well, why is everything resetting? Why are people's memories being erased? Well, we know why that's the case now. And now it's really a question of you know, how is this all going to end? How is this problem going to be fixed or can it be fixed? And I think that shifted the tone of the series really, like I said, dramatically. And it's interesting to see it happen. Yep. Um, I felt like basically I echo everything. Um, I echo all of pre-sentiments. I thought that the past two episodes were a positive step in the right direction for this series. Um, episode five could have really, really done without the... Um, Fan service. Without the fan service. Um, it <laughs> Does that matter? Do we really need body pillows? Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, really, God. really triggered. Yikes. Yeah. And, the, and they're also like co signed by Subaraya as well, which is even more troubling. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, super weird. Yeah, we definitely like, we like our waifus to be of age. Thank you very much, Subaraya and Trigger. Um, but where was I? Yeah, like the past two episodes were really good. Um, step in the right direction. Um, I hope like that the rest of the series is ball to the wall, batshit insane in terms of its pacing. Um, like that they like up the ante every single <laughs> up the ante. <laughs> <laughs> up the ante um in every single episode. Like we've only got a twelve episode run. So um they need to like cram in as much as possible. They really need to advance the plot in these next six episodes. Um I wanna see more Tokusatsu references. I wanna see that final Please. mecha combination in the next episode. Please trigger Let, high school girl fan service. Please. Seriously, oh my yeah, god. Because like you can uh that I remembered from the Warri Desho episode what they were talking about. Um they were talking about like works of art having um ethical defects. Are you aware of that um terminology pre? Uh, maybe if you describe it, but I haven't heard that specific phrase before. But yeah, um, I'll like link you to a video afterwards. And then, okay, um, cool. Cool. But yeah, like how works of art, like all works, one point that was made was like how all works of art have ethical defects and they are inherent, inherently flawed. Um, so you could view it like that. But like, obviously the fan service was super problematic and the objectification of teenage girls is no bueno. 
super no bueno. Not at all. So um, next, just to close out the show, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come on to something that pissed me off, well, initially pissed me off this week. So I found out that um, Funimation changed their simul-dub schedule over the weekend. Um, usually, as I've described previously on this show, when it comes to that weeb shit, um, the animu, the anime, um, I prefer dubs to subs. Obviously, I find things inherently more easily digestible in my mother tongue. And I found out that Funimation have changed their simul-dub schedule and... Um, dubbed versions of SSSS Gridman will debut one week after the initial Japanese airing of the episode and initially I was pretty annoyed at this I vented my frustrations on Twitter both through my personal account and the Buildcasters account however I asked Funimation about this and you know what they actually took the time out to give me a really insightful and eloquent response and I'm going to read it now if you guys don't mind bearing with me. Do you mind bearing with me? Yeah. And then giving me some thoughts sure, on the sure. response? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So my initial tweet from the Buildcasters account said, um, at Funimation, Simuldub is a portmanteau of simultaneous and dub, right? One would assume that it will be available at the same time as the first airing of the show in question or a short time after. So how on earth does broadcasting a dub version of a show a week later count as a simultaneous dub? And then their response is, um, good question, actually. It's a dub that happens during the simulcast window. We've had some shows where we've been able to do a day and date with a Japanese broadcast, but that's a huge undertaking on both sides of the world. We, re we receive the video plus files from Japan whenever they send them. At the point, we start the process of translating, time coding each line, writing a script, casting actors, slash scheduling them, getting them all in the studio, recording every single line and sound, engineer and the mix and mix the audio so everything matches up and sounds right all in a time to be uploaded for streaming on our platform and partners platforms at episode launch every week for 20 shows keep in mind on the other side the original creators are also working furiously to make their deadlines and it can get tougher and tougher the further into the season you get and production time gets tighter and tighter yeah so and i said fair enough thanks for the eloquent and insightful response we really do appreciate you taking the time to answer our query of course i know it's a bit of a lengthy response but it was also but it was a good question thanks for asking so yeah um i feel like they gave me a response like these guys really are under pressure um with yeah, regards to the dubbing answer. schedule and it is a very, very satisfying answer go on guys what are you yeah. saying um it is what it is you know you can mm -hmm. only do so much that's really it yeah pretty much um like unfortunately like obviously you know my love of dubs i find it kind yeah. of annoying because i really like to watch the dub version um to absorb it fully before i review the show but like if i'm gonna have to watch the sub version do a bit more effort and read the subtitles it's not a problem i'm fully capable of reading subtitles i mean i have and reading english i have a degree to be good for goodness sake so i can fully fluent in english so that's not a problem so um yeah guys any more thoughts on either gridman or um the this dubbing matter or the um detective pikachu trailer i i feel like the <laughs> subs versus dubs argument to begin with is really outdated because both industries are so prominent now for anime mm -hmm. um there's such a big market for it and there's so much more money that gets put aside for studios for those aspects that both sides of it subtitles and dub versions are going to be pretty high quality and still give you a good feel for the show regardless of how you want to watch it so it, it's nice to see that these sides of the localization teams are so dedicated to providing good quality for english fans 
from what they are working with. So that's nice to see that yeah. they provided, they took the time to provide a good professional response to you. Um, they actually had two, there's two more parts of the response. If you just give me a second, <laughs> I just found them. Um, so they say, so for us to be able to launch a dub at the same time that they launch on TV, it means that they would have to get everything done even further in advance. So we have time to complete everything on our side as well. We've been really fortunate to do it with shows like MHA, but even with that show, we were only able to promise the first six episodes as it's such a huge undertaking for our partners. It was really amazing that they did it though. And closing the gap between sub and dub is definitely a big goal. Help that, hope that helps. So yeah, like Funimation, super awesome company. Actually took the time to respond to a fan um, who enjoys an anime that they've licensed. So yeah, like go support the official release, basically. Or, or just read the manga if you're fed up. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm kidding. There, there is no good man manga. Yeah, SSSS Gridman has no manga, so yeah, go. Re- <laughs> not yet. Go. So not you, yet. You can't even say the manga is even better than the anime. But yeah, go support the official release. Um, if you are able to financially do so, if not, just create burner email accounts and keep on signing up for a free tr- a free trial. To be honest. Um, yeah. Much. I mean, like, I will say that I obviously in the past have used pirate anime streaming websites. I'm not gonna name them here because I'm not the feds. Yeah, we're, we're not narcs. We're not snitch. We're, we're not narcs here. Like, snitches get stitches, as they say. But yeah, like, the sub, as Pre said, the sub versus dub debate has um, been done to death. Like, it's a major internet backdraft to use um, TV tropes speak. But um, like really now it's become moot because subs are of high quality and dubs are of such a high quality now that like it's kind of like it's kind of moot. Like obviously the massive weebs or the sub elite, the subtitle elitists don't really have a leg to stand on because most dubs are pretty, pretty darn good nowadays. And those who prefer dubs, yeah, those who prefer dubs were never really ones to get at people who preferred subtitles anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think on the whole sub versus dub debate? Um, Sentai Five. Um, it's really it really comes down to your preference. Um, I'd say dubs nowadays are definitely a lot, if not pretty much the same as the subs. Yeah, because you know back in like the four kids days, the show was completely different when it was dubbed. Yeah, four kids dubs now- were trash. <laughs> yeah, but nowadays everything's very close together where. You could literally just switch back and forth and you wouldn't miss a thing. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not going to lie to that. Four Kids Dub of One Piece, although it was trash, that theme tune was sick, man. Gotta go. Gotta go get yourself for One Piece. The pirate rap. (laughs) Pirate rap, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. If I could find that instrumental, I might actually, like, like, get somebody to remix it and, like, spit over it. Because I rap, apparently, or so I've heard. No, yeah, I do rap, but... Don't tell anyone. Shh. I've seen your I've seen your SoundCloud. Yeah, like I'm actually pretty all right for someone who lives in the UK. I know you Americans like tend to hate UK hip hop, but you know, it's a thing. <laughs> anyway, so and on that note, time to end the podcast. Buildcast right. is out. Buildcast is guiding out. Battle ended. Battle ended. Peace. Deuces. Battle, Battle ended. ended. Battle ended.